Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp Edge, the STEM edition, committed to bringing you great conversations with some of the most talented minds. I'm your host, Dr. Tamonte Leary. I am so excited to have my guest today on the Ed Up Edge STEM podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tamonte Leary, and I have Kendrick Trotter, CEO and founder of Us in Technology, also speaker and something near and dear to me, mentor. How are you doing today, Kendrick? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I feel like a champion, Tamonte. I feel like a champion. So uh, I'm extremely grateful and uh, just you know, appreciative to be on, be on the session. Well, we're, we're glad to have you on here. Um, I know we have our mutual friend, Liz Leba, um, and all of us are what I consider doers. Um, and, you know, I know you're a founder of Us in Technology. You have a diverse background working, um, working for other uh, technology companies as well. How did you how did you get your start in, uh, you know, interest in, in tech, technology? Where did, where did it begin? What what what, what, what caused that spark? Uh, you know, first and foremost, man, I appreciate you asking the question. Right. So my journey is, I hope, inspiring to other people who probably were raised like us, uh, Tamonte. I come from like the, the inner city. Right. So. I didn't hear about technology until I was, you know, 21 years old. So for me, as a kid growing up, I'm from the Bay Area, right? Uh, born and raised. Um, we moved around a lot. So if you know anything about California, we've moved from Richmond, from Richmond to Vallejo, from Vallejo to Oakland, from Oakland to Stockton. Um, and then finally from Stockton to a nice community um, in Pat- called Patterson High School. But as a kid, had ambitions of taking care of my mom, uh, traveling the world, getting myself a nice car. And um, naturally coming from the inner city, you associate those dreams with three different career paths. And it's in entertainment, as being in sports, or unfortunately for a lot of us, it's being in the streets. Uh, my mom was super strict. My brother was even stricter. So uh, being in the streets weren't, wasn't necessarily an option for me, but I was fortunate enough to be pretty talented in sports. Uh, I got a scholarship to play Division I football at the University of Idaho. I really enjoyed my time there. And after winning a bowl game, coming home, I didn't really know what I wanted to do for a career. So I was Ubering, you know, just keep money in my pocket. I was a horrible Uber to Monte. Uh, I took a lot of breaks. I would make $20. <laughs> Is that possible to be a, okay. <laughs> I was, I was a horrible Uber, man. I, I took a lot of breaks. I would make $15, spend $12 on lunch. Um, you know, my reviews were good, but I just, I was, I was a horrible Uber. And I was taking this guy to buy a house and I was telling him my life story. And he's like, Kendrick, you should get into tech sales. And I was like, I don't know anything about tech. And he laughed. And I said, I'm not a coder. I'm not an engineer. He was like, Kendrick, you should get into sales. And um, he said, if you can study a playbook for football that changes every week, you can study product knowledge. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, and then from there, he said- I, I, I love that analogy, by the way. Like that, that's, that was powerful. 
you can study a playbook that changes every week, then you can <laughs> you can study product, right? You can sell. I like that. Yeah, he put Thanks, it into, coach. <laughs> yeah, he put it into a way that made sense to me, right? He's like, at you know, at halftime, you might change the whole play, the whole play scheme. Right. You don't um, when things are tough, you don't get to call a timeout every 30 seconds. And so I was like, OK, that makes sense. And I was like, well, I got this ambitious goal. I'm trying to make six figures by the time I'm 25. And where I'm from, Tamonte, if you make six figures, you're a millionaire. Right. And he laughed at me. Same he here. Was like, yes. OK. And he laughed at me, at me and he's like, you don't understand, man. He's like, kids make this in entry level positions. So at that point. I was like, I don't care what you got me doing, what this job is, um, I'll give it a try. So he helped me to get my first job. My first job, I was horrible for 90 days. Um, I was I was horrible, man. I, I just, I would ask my manager for help. They're like, talk like you're talking to your friends. I'm like, you don't know my friends. Um, they're like, talk like you're talking to your dad at the dinner table. I'm like, I don't have a relationship with my biological father. So what I really struggled with was imposter syndrome. Um, but what I did control was I always showed up and I just did not quit. And, um, you know, I started to, to make money. I started traveling the world. Um, I started to get promoted. I'm, you know, I'm getting bottle service. I got myself a nice car. And so all my peers and teammates, they start reaching out to me. They're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, let me tell you about this secret called tech sales. And, um, you know, that was kind of the start to my journey of, of really how I got to where I am today. I, I love that. Um, and, you know, truth be told, let's face it, right? It's not just in sales. Um, it, it's, it's really tech, period, right? Like everybody working, you know, I, I work at Microsoft, right? I don't, I don't say this bragging, but, you know, every, we're, you know, everybody's making six figures, right? It works yeah companies right and so i'm really pushing my my kids and you know it's like you know and people want hey how come you don't practice law well i i, I make more <laughs> technology than i would practice the law with a lot less headache um so love it and and yeah man we gotta we gotta uh really push uh, folks that come from similar backgrounds like us, we got to really get them in the tech and get them, you know, secure jobs, making really good money. Like you said, entry level coming in six figures a year is is really the norm, and you know that shouldn't be a secret. Um, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to. Your education background uh, consists of organizational science, communication, and media studies. How has how was that tied into, um, or, or I should say, helped you? You know, not only in your roles, your sales roles. I'm sure, like in the communication aspect, you know, working in technology, but um, also uh, you're going to share more. We want you to share definitely more about uh, us in technology. You know, I want to see how any of your how any of your educational background is tied into you know, your, your current work and your work experience and how you've leveraged that? Yeah, of course. So um, for me, a, a lot of people don't know what a, organiz, a major in organizational science is, right? So organizational science is a study of nonprofit business, right? So it's kind of like a combination. It's very similar to a communication major, 
um, kind of like a hybrid between communication and business. And, um, you know, when I think about school and how it helped me in work, I think that would help me more than the courses I took in school was actually playing sports, right? Getting coached, getting criticized in front of a group of people, having to respond to high pressure situations, working on goal time versus clock time, the soft skills were really what helped me more in converting to being in sales. Um, but from a, and I'm sure the competitiveness, the competitive aspect would, that doesn't hurt either, right? When you're talking about the uh, the sports, right? Athletes, one hundred percent. We're competitive. We're, we want to be. We want to win, and all of that, uh, you know, can correlate to success and in, in a role, especially like a sales role. I would think, right? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And a lot of recruiters you know, the first thing they want to see on your resume is that you're actually an athlete, right? Because of that exact fact. I think the courses that helped me the most in college, in my business career, was my English courses, because it taught me how to, you know, you just get in the habit of writing. And when I first got into corporate America, I really struggled with my business emails, and trying to get my professional tone and a manner, you know, via like email communication. So that was something that that was huge. And then I think school mostly teaches like the discipline of like completing things, meeting deadlines, you know, having homework, um, using spreadsheets, doing PowerPoints. Um, those were the skills that school really taught me um, that, that has definitely helped. Tell us about um, what what you did at Agari. Um, what is Agari? What did you do? What did you do there? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, Agari was actually the first company that I ever worked for when I was in tech sales. And I actually loved it because it was email security, right? So again, I have no technical background. Um, so it did take me some time to, to learn and feel comfortable with the product, but it was email security. Um, so ultimately, you know, 95% of the successful cyber attacks originate via some type of email. And the reason why Agari was so unique was because in the email world, I can literally create an email tomorrow that says tamanti95 at gmail.com. And there's nothing preventing me from impersonating Tamanti's identity. And um, that's why a lot of these email attacks are so easy because there's no there's no verification to who's the, who's the emailer. And uh, when I was at Agari, we had a really good solution for that where we would leverage like machine learning, behavioral algorithms to figure out like, is this person who they actually say they are? So I was an SDR, a sales development rep, which is where most people start in their, their sales career. And as an SDR, I did a lot of prospecting like as cold calling, a lot of emailing to, to businesses, um, trying to set first meetings and try to ultimately get these organizations interested in learning more about uh, learning more about who we are. Wow, that's that sounds interesting. How 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 was that learning curve? Like, how long did it take you to kind of get up to speed, get familiar with the product? I'm just curious. Something that you know, totally like, you know, out yeah. of your, your domain. I would say it probably took me four months four to five months to really understand what I was doing. Yeah. And that's, and then, that's intense training and all of that. Like, that yeah. Whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say 
I knew how to sell my product at month two. I didn't understand what I was selling until like month five or six. Right. Yeah. So I would jump two on different things. That, yeah, two yes. different things. That's that's good that you distinguish between those two. <laughs> yeah, man. Because I would jump on a call and I read my script and I'm like, hey, Tamante, this is Kendrick with Agari, um, helping to reduce, you know, uh, email security tax via, um, you know, leveraging behavioral algorithms and, and um, you know, machine learning. And they'd be like, okay, like, cool. But I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what that meant, right? Um, and eventually, just by being curious, asking people for help, um, you know, once I got more familiar with what the product was that I was selling, it was a lot easier for me to be successful. Now, take this uh, through what you did at Radware, which is, by the way, a really cool company name. Um, what is Radware? What, what did they do and what did you do there? Yeah, yeah. So by the time I got to Radware, I got it promoted. I was, uh, I was uh, a major account rep as an account executive. So I was actually closing deals. Um, I had the opportunity to work with like uh, Alaska Airlines, you know, Salesforce, Workday, Twitter, Facebook, like Netflix, all these biggest, uh, biggest organizations um, in the world. Um, I had opportunities to work with. And Radware is also a cybersecurity company. And their number one priority is availability, right? Um, and when I say availability, it's like site availability. So if anyone ever plays Call of Duty or goes on Instagram or goes on Netflix and it's like, hey, for, for server requests, this website's no longer available. Um, that's exactly what Radware prevents, right? So as a business that's dependent on availability, you can imagine the tons of millions and billions of dollars that you're losing out on every second that your website isn't up um, online. So, you know, this, you're working and have worked in an area that's, it went from kind of like being obscure to like a top priority for every organization and for every institution and for everybody's even like our personal devices right like cybersecurity. like you're in you're in like the hot 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 area there yeah um would you agree or i mean that's just kind of my yeah, what i would say is like i try to explain this to the mentees is you want to take your chances earlier in your career choose the more difficult route earlier in your career and it will give you more options later in your career um, because there's a lot of like there's fintech martech biotech and a lot of times by having a cyber background you will have the opportunity to interview for those other organizations but if you come from some of those other organizations it could be really hard to break into the cyber industry now that's awesome advice. I hope our our listeners really took that gem down. <laughs> uh, Kendrick just just gave you all the blueprint, ladies and gentlemen, of how to you know get into how to basically you know use cybersecurity and use that having that background to be able to interview for you know all kinds of roles with with different companies. Uh, didn't know that myself. Thank you, Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's. And, you know, it's not going anywhere, right? We keep having these attacks. We had our meat attack. We had our fuel attack. Who, who knows what's next? 
Um, so very, you know, an invaluable skill set, right, in this day and time. Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's definitely something that, uh, to your point, like cybersecurity is always going to be around because the more things go digital, the more important it is for them to uh, to have protection. Now, tell me, I see that you're a member of um, Revenue Collective. Can can you tell me more about what it is? I, and I see they have, um, you know, I've I've actually been. A, I mean, I know it's a think tank, but what what um what is it? You know, as far as you know, what does been a member entail, and you know, why why did you decide to do this um, in relation to you know your professional experience and what we're about to get into, which is your um, your startup, I guess we can call it, uh, us in yeah. technology. Yeah, so um, what Revenue Collective, it is a think tank. And the way that I would explain it to my peers as it's a community that offers continuous education for people who are trying to be one percenters, right? Um, people who are trying to be the best of the best, um, regardless of if that's you're an entry-level person trying to get into a management position, if you're a management position trying to get into director or a director trying to be, um, uh, you know, a, a CEO or VP or whatever it may be. And um, the value of being in that community is just being in a community and being surrounded by like-minded people that have similar ambitions. It becomes contagious. Um, so uh, Revenue Collective has been really cool. I've been a part of Revenue Collective a little less than a year now. And the connections and the network that I've been able to make being a part of that community already has been tremendous. Now, I definitely want to spend some uh, more time than we spent on really any other area on us and technology, um, which your uh, us and technology is on a mission to diversify the technology industry by helping partners attract, retain, and develop diverse talent out of Austin, Texas. Um, you are the founder of Us and Technology, and that is a very powerful mission, my brother. Um, started Us and Technology right around when I started launched Black Men Talk Tech back in, uh, as far as our conference, back in okay. February 2019. Tell us about Us and Technology and What's going on with uh, with your startup? Yeah, so um, first off, congrats on your endeavor as well, right? Um, I think Thank a lot you. of times growing up, us as Black men, people are encouraging us to limit our dreams and our goals. And um, the best thing a person can do is encourage us to dream without limits. So um, yes, and technology is something I'm really proud about. Um, I was really proud of myself when I made six figures. I was uh, at the age of 23 being in the industry and uh, I felt really accomplished. But uh, then I helped someone else make six figures within their first two years. And that made me feel even better. And what I realized is there's so many people out there in the world that come from underrepresented backgrounds, people of color, members of the LGBTQ community, um, people come from military backgrounds, uh, women, that just like me, they just need someone to help them like the person helped me in the Uber ride, right? That person didn't give me a job. 
They didn't hold my hand. They didn't give me motivation. They just gave me guidance. And so the purpose of- They, they, they mentored you. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mentored, exactly. And so the, the purpose of us in technology is really to offer mentoring to these uh, to underrepresented people and to assist them in being, to educate them, to coach them, to train them, and to assist them in being placed with some of the top technology companies in the world. So some of our partners are like, we got Zscaler, top cybersecurity company. We got Radware. Um, we got a ton of other like really strong um, organizations that contract with us. And so when a mentee is a part of us in technology, you come in our program, we help you in our resume building workshop. We teach you how to, you know, we help you with a resume, a digital and physical resume, uh, meaning your physical resume and your LinkedIn profile. Then you get to attend our sessions, our interview coaching sessions. And then we start pairing you with opportunities that we think would be a potentially good fit. And then um, based on that, based, based on that, we, um, once you actually go through that interview process, we give you coaching. Once you get the job, the uh, mentorship continues. So we're not only helping you get your first job, but ultimately we're trying to help you get your last job. Um, we also then have guest speakers come in and talk about things like financial literacy, the basics of investing in stock, the basics of investing in real estate. A lot of the conversations that people like us didn't weren't fortunate enough to have growing up, um, but are essential if we really want to create equity in the world. How can people support uh, and get in touch with uh, you and us in technology? Um, how can people get involved? Yeah, so um, we're always looking for more mentees, right? So if you're considering a career change, um, a degree is not required, but if you have strong um, skills in like communication, you have a, a hard work ethic, um, you're coachable, you got drive, I would encourage you to go to our website or our Instagram. Um, our Instagram page is us in tech. Our website is usintechnology.com. Um, review some of our content and uh, ultimately just apply. And then when you apply, we'll educate you on the industry. We'll give you some guidance on, on potential next steps. And then um, for anyone out there who is uh, interested in potential being a potential mentor, I just ask that you uh, you reach out the same way, right? Reach out to us via Instagram um, or LinkedIn or via our website um, because we're always looking for more of the right mentors as well. Kendrick, you're a real inspiration, brother. Um, are you working on anything, any other projects or anything you, you got coming up that we should be you know, looking out for? Um, I'm gonna definitely have to chat with you offline with what I'm doing with Onyx, obviously. Um, there's a lot of synergy there with, uh, in the mentorship aspect, but we'll chat offline, but if, is there anything that we should be, um, um, and, and, and by the way, um, um, I do work at Microsoft and I see that you attended our BAM innovation conference, which was the first, uh, annual and I'm very yeah. looking forward to, to future conferences. Uh, what did you think about, I mean, me, you know, from you being, uh, uh, we'll say a customer uh i mean being on the inside what'd you think about the, what'd you think about the conference brother i think it's exactly what we need we need more of our people to see representation of people who uh uh identify similar to us 
in these positions of influence of power, right? There's nothing more encouraging than pe seeing people who resemble similar to, similar to you in the positions that you aspire to be in. So I think that more often we can have conversations like that, um, the more influence we can have over the world. I agree. I agree. And, you know, you grew up in the Bay Area, man. Like that's, I'm a country boy. I grew up, you know, I'm born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm from the, okay. what we call it the dirty South. Yeah. Yeah. We um, have a huge partnership with NCAT. Oh yeah. North, the biggest HBCU in the country. Yes, sir. Yeah. North Carolina A&T. We love it. Uh, can you expand a little bit more about that partnership? I'm just curious, you know, being in North Carolina. Yeah. So um, we actually have an intern, um, through through uh, NCAT, uh, we've had we participated in their career fair um, just like a month and a half ago, and so we got some really cool things on the horizon um, with that university and a lot of the other HBCU programs as well. So I don't want to speak on it too soon, but as we grow our relationships and partnerships with HBCUs, will continue to be um, a backbone of our business. And. I forgot. Where did you say you, you grew up, Kendrick? Yeah, so originally I'm from the Bay Area. You're originally uh, from the Bay Area. Okay. Yes, so sir. Yes, sir. Pro, pro going from the Bay to Idaho, I mean, you know, potato country. Yeah. How, how, how was that? And then, I, I mean, I know you, I guess you're, you're back in the Bay now, right? Um, um, so sorry. I just moved to Austin, but to oh, answer. That's right. You're okay. Yeah, how was, how uh, before we wrap up, like how how was <laughs> how was that? I know that was probably kind of a culture shock in some ways. I was scared and I didn't want to do it. I remember when I got the offer from Idaho, which is a division one school, I told my coach, I was like, coach, I don't think I'm gonna accept the offer. I might just accept an offer to division two. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because like Idaho, it's probably racist, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, He's like, do you realize that Washington State University is literally four miles away from I the University of Idaho? And I was like, huh? He's like, yes. And do you realize Washington State's one of the biggest party schools in the world, right? And so ultimately what happened is being on the border, the part of Idaho we were in, the border of, uh, of Washington, it was more of a Washington State culture, which is more similar to a California culture than like being in the south like i am now right um so it was actually it was actually amazing um i spent a lot of time on the washington state side and you know on their campus but it was like really diverse there's a lot of um that i interacted with there were a lot of samoans a lot of polynesians um you know blacks whites latinos um it, it seemed pretty diverse so it was actually a much better experience than what i anticipated now I've only been to the Bay Area uh, one time, but I spent a good some good time out there, and I've never been to Austin, Texas, where you say you are now. How was that? What what's that transition like? How is that different? How is Austin treating you? It is different. Um, the demographics are different. Like the Bay Area is pretty diverse. You see a lot of everything, right? I would say that my experience in Austin, um, it that hasn't been necessarily the case, but people are so nice. Like in New York, it's cool to be rude, right? Like everybody's like mean and that's cool. And at Bay Area, people just kind of mind their business. Like people aren't going to be mean, but they just mind their business. They're going to walk past you. They're going to mind their business. 
in Austin, I don't care who you are, if you look rich, if you look poor, if you walk by someone, it's like a 90% chance they're going to acknowledge you. Um, and so for me, being in an area primarily where people just mind their business, that's actually um, something I'm adjusting to is everyone, you know, kind of being so friendly and being so open to connecting with you and having these conversations with strangers is definitely something that's different. Yeah, that's that's kind of reminds me of how we are in the South. We're, you know, real friendly, speak to everybody. Um, so, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But it is something to get used to if you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, Kendrick, man, this is this has been an awesome discussion, uh, you know, just learning more about your story and your work. Um, uh, how can uh, before we wrap up, how can our listeners contact you uh, personally if they want to uh, reach out to you personally um, on LinkedIn yeah. or any like social media is preferred? What do you what do you want? How can they how can they find you? Yeah, so I would say the best way right now is I'm trying to catch up with you and I'm trying to catch up with Liz on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> so if any followers are interested in, in following me, please reach out to me um, via LinkedIn. That would, be, that would be the perfect first step. Okay, awesome. Are you on Twitter? I mean, not good, but are you on Twitter at all? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we have a Twitter page for us in tech. Okay. Um, that we're ramping up, but I personally do not use Twitter uh, very much. Okay, there you there you heard it, folks. You can find Kendrick Trotter on LinkedIn. Um, connect with this brother; he's doing some awesome work. I'm personally looking forward to collaborating with him offline. Um, and Kendrick, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. I really appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything, any uh, last words you want to leave our listeners with before we uh, close out? Now I would just say thank you, right? I'll say thank you for your time today. And I would encourage all to like continue to dream without limits, take chances, um, dream, dream without limits. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to make a difference in the world. So um, if there's anything that I can help anyone with, um, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm not always the fastest to respond, um, but I do make it a point to make sure I respond to everyone. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for coming on, Kendrick. Make sure to tune in next time to the Ed Up Ed STEM podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tamonte Leary. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Ed Up Edge, the STEM edition with your host, Dr. Tamonte Leary. You can follow me on LinkedIn, and please leave a rating review and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.